Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Jesus did miracles, and he taught volumes. So many, and so much, that John writes if it were all recorded, all their books would not contain them all. Today on Drawing Near, we see both combined, his teaching and his healing. Open your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 5, and join me as we study Healing Inside and Out. And as we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father in heaven, we praise you for the works of Christ. We praise you for the gospel message, the biblical record that reveals these things to us. Help us, Father, to glean all that you would have for us from these sources, from the scriptures. I thank you that you have inspired these words to make yourself and your will known to us. I pray, Father, that we will receive them gladly. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. In verse 17 we read, One day he was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. Luke reveals some interesting things to us here, some new things. Jesus' popularity had evidently grown so large and so vast that people were coming from everywhere, not only from the northern Galilean region, but from Judea in the south and even from Jerusalem, the center of biblical political authority in Israel. And one day as he was teaching, they were all sitting there listening to what he had to say. Now, the majority of them were not there because they were supporters. They were there to investigate, criticize, to evaluate his authenticity, his message. The Pharisees and teachers of the law, by and large in the Gospels, are not framed in a positive light. And so he's teaching there, and they're listening, along with the multitudes. And Luke tells us at the end of verse 17, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. I believe this emphasizes that it was God's power evident in Christ, the man, the God-man, that was present for him to perform healing. It seems to emphasize for me that Jesus Christ drew upon the power of God in all that he did. It seems to emphasize his humanity and his humbling himself and becoming obedient to the Father as we're told in Philippians chapter 2. And so the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And verse 18 tells us this story. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed. He obviously couldn't walk. He was on a bed. Men had to carry him. And they were trying to bring him in and set him down before Jesus. We're told in another gospel that Jesus was actually in a house teaching. Verse 19 alludes to that. And we're told in verse 19, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. I have always enjoyed this vivid picture. 
of these friends who cared so much for their paralyzed friend that they would not be deterred. They were going to get to Jesus, even if it meant taking the roofing apart and dropping him down through the roof. What an amazing amount of love and faith. They so loved their friend that they were not going to be held back, and they so trusted in Jesus that they believed that they needed to do whatever it took to get their friend into his presence. I love that. Verse 20 tells us, Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now, they didn't bring their paralyzed friend there to have his sins forgiven. They brought him there for healing. But Jesus says, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. In verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Do you see their critical nature? Do you see their evaluation of Christ? They automatically assume that if he says your sins are forgiven, you speak blasphemies. Because their reasoning at the end of verse 21, who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's exactly the point. No one can pardon an individual's sins, all of their sins, except God alone. And so Jesus, drawing on the power of God to heal, heals the man, as we'll see in a few moments, but he also forgives his sin because he is God. He has the power over the physical and the spiritual, and that's critical for us to see. By their disagreement and by their criticism, they point out who Jesus is. In verse 22, but Jesus, aware of their reasonings, it seems that they weren't public, they weren't confronting him yet. So Jesus is aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Jesus knows our heart. He knows what's on the inside. He knew it while he walked this earth. He knows it now. We need to be aware of that, and we need to guard our hearts. Whatever we say, whatever we do, we must do all for the glory of God, because he's not only present with us, but he knows all things. He knows all that is in our hearts. Jesus says, why are you thinking like this? Why are you reasoning like this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins have been forgiven you, or to say, get up and walk? One's just as easy as the other. There's been a lot of debate over how many words or what kind of phrase, why one is no harder than the other. The real emphasis here is, I believe, it's just as easy for Jesus to say, get up and walk, and the man get up and walk, as for Jesus to forgive their sins. He has the power to do both. Now, maybe he's talking about the phrases, the words used, the difficulty of speech, but it seems to me that Jesus is not talking about that at all. But rather, it's no harder for Jesus to forgive sins than it is to heal the lame or the paralyzed. Verse 24, But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up and pick up your stretcher and go home. Jesus tells the man his sins are forgiven because he wants his audience to know he has authority on earth to forgive sins. That's why he does what he does. And now he tells the man, get up, pick up your stretcher. The friends aren't to carry it. You're to carry it. You were hauled in by your friends, but you're going to carry your bed out yourself and go home. Look at verse 25. Immediately he got up before them 
and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Praise the Lord for such a thing. Praise the Lord for such healing, for such power and authority over the physical and the spiritual. Because just as the man's physical body was healed, we know because Jesus had said so, his sins had been forgiven him as well. And he went home walking, walking with his friends, carrying his bed and glorifying God. We must glorify God. We must praise him, put him in the spotlight, magnify him as we see and come to know his power, his presence, and his working in our lives and around us. Too often we acknowledge it, but we don't glorify him. We don't tell, we don't praise, we don't exult in what God has done. And God is to be honored, glorified, and exalted. In verse 26, they were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God. And they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen remarkable things today. Now there's a question here about verse 26 before we close. Were the Pharisees and the scribes struck with astonishment and began glorifying God? Or is this speaking of the multitudes? In all likelihood, there's a little bit of what's going on in the astonishment factor in everyone's hearts, because what they had seen visibly, physically, was astonishing. I'm not so sure that all the Pharisees and all the scribes were glorifying God at this time. They were a jealous people. They were a suspicious people. And we see throughout the Gospels that the vast majority of them never embraced Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, they lend themselves to having him crucified. But there were a few Pharisees that trusted in Christ. We see Nicodemus in John chapter 3. We see him again at the cross. But this seems to speak more of the multitudes than anyone else. And they were not only glorifying God, but they were filled with fear. They were filled with reverence. They were filled with fear because who is a man like this? who can heal like this, who can speak like this, who can challenge Pharisees and scribes like this, who can forgive sins like this. So there's glorifying God, but there's also fear. And I believe we need to have both in our hearts. We need to always be reminded that God has power, tremendous power, and he is an absolute, complete authority over all. And they were saying, we have seen remarkable things today. That's an understatement. They certainly had seen remarkable things. And we see remarkable things too, if we'll open our eyes and just look. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this brief time, honestly not enough time to go through this passage. But in this devotional type of study, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will work in our hearts and our minds and will elevate will convict, will guide us into glorifying you and seeing what you have done in this world through Jesus Christ and his followers through your word to make yourself known and to bring us to faith in Christ. Work in our lives today. Help us to be faithful to you in word and deed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, 
or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.